What's up guys, Rick here with your betting and one and done preview for this week's Northern Trust. And this is actually take two for me because I've already recorded this, but the file was corrupt and I couldn't get it to upload or play or anything. So I'm going to run through this again. It might be a little bit quicker uh, this time around because I've just spent so much time trying to figure all this out, but... I hope you enjoy. Uh, let's let's get after it. All right, we'll start back here on the tournament predictor tool. This is where we are trying to determine if there is any value in how often a golfer is going to get to the potential winning score versus how often Vegas is implying him to win the golf tournament based on what his odds are. Bryson DeChambeau at... Uh, 11 to 1 currently to win this golf tournament is the favorite. Justin Thomas at 13 to 1. Rory McElroy, John Rahm at 15 to 1. And then Xander Shoffley at 17 to 1. Those are the only five golfers that are shorter than 20 to 1 to win this golf tournament. So let's focus on them first. And the only guy of the top five that actually has positive expected value when it comes to this model is that of Rory McIlroy. So Vegas implying him to win this golf tournament 6.25% of the time. I actually have the model uh, getting him to the winning score closer to about 8% of the time. I know that's only 1.6% more often, but when you're talking about outrights, uh, that is a pretty big number, quite frankly. So uh, Rory McIlroy, and, and really this doesn't take into account the recent form, like he has not been good in the restart. It does take that into account, but uh, this is a, a longer term looking model for floor and for ceiling. So the recent stuff doesn't hurt him as much as the really good stuff previously for a long time does. Now, uh, Justin Thomas, uh, for me, I feel like he's going to win this golf tournament, right? Like my gut says... JT wins this golf tournament. The model says um, he is very close to uh, being fairly priced. So at, at 13 to 1, that implies he's going to win this golf tournament about 7.1% of the time. I have him winning it about 6.7% of the time. So he's he's close to fairly priced. I don't necessarily like to bet fairly priced golfers. I want to bet guys that I think I have an edge on, but... If you want to bet one of the top five guys, if you want to try to make sure you have a sweat come Sunday, I think Justin Thomas is that guy. Further down the board, um, we get Dustin Johnson, who has one of the bigger positive expected values. Uh, so I have him getting to the winning score about 7.5% of the time. Vegas has him winning the golf tournament about 4.3% of the time. So the other bigger names that are plus 3% in a positive expected value, so it's DJ, it's Patrick Cantlay, and it's Adam Scott. Now, I think Dustin Johnson is a very interesting case study for betting outrights because he has one of the highest ceilings around, and he has one of the lowest floors around. Here, here's what I'm talking about. His ceiling is 19.3 strokes gained. It is higher than that of Rory McIlroy, of Xander Shoffley, of Justin Thomas, basically everybody here, everybody. Um, his floor, however, is minus 11 strokes gained. 
uh, which is significantly lower than any of these other top tier players. It's actually lower than guys like Kevin Na, who are historically um, high ceiling, low floor players. So uh, he he comps. He really doesn't comp to any other top tier player because of how volatile he can be. Now, the argument with that is to say when betting outrights, that's great because DJ absolutely has the winning upside. If he misses the cut or he finishes second, who cares? Uh, You know, it's it's not paying off an outright bet. So I I actually firmly believe Dustin Johnson, not just this week, uh, a lot of weeks is a very good outright bet because he is so capable of getting there. And if he, if he finishes 70th or misses the cut, it doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. So, uh, that's probably where I'll start my card. My card is this uh, essentially right now. I think I'll bet JT and DJ. I'll, I'll bet the initial boys because, you know, just kind of in a vacuum, I think Justin Thomas wins this golf tournament. I, I think his tee to green game is absolutely sublime. That's my gut speaking. Uh, I think Dustin Johnson actually offers the best model, uh, the best value, the best you know, upside at 22 to one for a guy we know just won the Travelers Championship, just finished second at the PGA, like actual winning upside. So, so I think I'll probably start uh, my card there, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna probably stay away from a lot of these other guys in outright markets. Um, you know, I want to get down to Sung J M, who is 65 to one to win this golf tournament, and I'll make this case very quickly because I, I I made this argument on the DFS video. I made this argument once before in a video uh, that was corrupt a couple of minutes ago. I I believe Sung J M is probably um the most mispriced golfer on this board. And and that is with the assumption that he is back to the form that he was in before the shutdown. He's been absolutely terrible since the shutdown. If he is back to the form that we saw for the last two years, where he was the PGA Tour uh, Rookie of the Year, where he played awesome at the President's Cup, where he won the Honda Classic, where he uh, finished third at the Arnold Palmer. If he is back to that form, he should be 35-1 to to win this golf tournament. He's 65-1. to So if he is actually back, and that's the caveat, he is the, the, the most mispriced golfer here. I will have to get uh, outrights, top fives, top tens on Sungjae because that outright number so... Uh, intimately dictates what his top five and top 10 number are going to be, right? So if I think this is a big mistake and I do, I'm going to have to invest in all three facets of, uh, of Sung JM. Now the deeper shot guys. Now, when you get a field this deep, you're kind of talking top 10, maybe top 20 for some of these names further down the list. Uh, Doc Redman, I think you guys know how I feel about him. He is legitimately a ceiling ball striker. Is he going to do it every week? No, he's not. He finished uh, first in strokes gained off the tee last week. He finished, I think, 13th or 14th in strokes gained approach. Is he going to do that every week? No, but when he does it, his end ceiling of ball striking is very, very good on tour. The only other guys that have ceiling ball striking weeks like he does are Justin Thomas, Bryson DeChambeau, Victor Hovland, Tony Finau. And those guys are elite ball strikers. So 
That's the company that Doc Redman is in. He is going to be more volatile than those other guys, but that's okay because his odds are so much better than the rest of those guys. I mean, he's a hundred and I don't know, 25 to one, 140 to one to win this golf tournament. He's his top 20 number is probably much more appealing. He is five to one there. Um, that's, I'm just, I'm going to, that's, that's the, the short version of, of these betting outrights. I think you guys know, uh, kind of where I stand on, on a lot of these guys. Uh, Jason day is kind of interesting. Might, might opt for a, a top 10 there. Um, but you know, the, I released the, the fades video, uh, on Monday evening. So those are guys I'm going to be avoiding. Um, so I am going to hop over to the head to head matchups tool here, which, um, as you can see, I already had a matchup loaded in here because this is part two of recording this video. Um, so I'll start with Bud Cauley and Zach Johnson, which was the last head to head matchup I did previously. And remember, I, I, I changed the simulator date to, uh, June 1st, which is essentially just saying since the restart. And the reason I did that is I think it's a really nice, easy, finite point to start. All right, let's start from the restart and see what guys have been doing. Um, it is going to make the results much more volatile. However, I, I, I'm aware of that and, and I'm cool with it. So I have Bud Cauley uh, plugged in here against Zach Johnson. Zach Johnson is a small favorite from the simulator. I have him winning this matchup about 54% of the time. Now, unfortunately, that would indicate a, a minus 119 uh, money line for him, and DraftKings has him at minus 125. So this is probably a no bet. But the reason I chose this matchup is because th these are the one like, you know, the 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 ones with guys that aren't top tier studs, the ones where you don't have Rory versus Rom versus JT versus Brooks, um, those are the ones that you you tend to find more value in. So I, when I go through these matchups, the ones I usually end up betting are ones like this, not actually ones that are some of the high higher profile golfers. Um, the one that we did identify as a bet uh, was Daniel Berger versus Patrick Reed, and. Uh, the, the nod is going to go to Daniel Berger here. And honestly, he has been so good. He has just been incredibly good, uh, in the restart and even before the restart. So I have him winning this match. I have Daniel Berger winning this matchup over Patrick Reed 69 and a half percent of the time, which would indicate a, a true money line of minus 228. Now he's only minus 112 on DraftKings, both he and Patrick Reed, both minus 112. So this is obviously a Daniel Berger bet. Um, the, the thing is, I mean, Reed has been good. Let's, let's be clear here. Reed's been very good. Daniel Berger's been the best golfer in strokes gain numbers since the restart. That, like that, that's it. He's gaining 2.27 strokes uh, per round on the field. Nobody is better. Only Bryson you know, is the only other guy who's gained over two. It's been really, really good for Berger. And that super high floor is awesome in head-to-head -head matchups. Um, I'll also do one that I did not do in the first video. Let's do Finau versus Dustin Johnson. Because I have a feeling Finau is going to be better here. Uh, which is kind of crazy. But this is a very good illustration. And, and, I'm, and I'm guessing. I should probably wait until I plug this in. Yeah, it, he is. So I have Finau winning this about 60% of the time over Dustin Johnson. And this is a really, really good example of liking one guy in a specific format, but not liking him in another. And that's okay. 
All right. I mean, there are so many situations where I get tweets or messages. And it's like, hey, do you like Tony Finau this week? Do you like Dustin Johnson this week? Like, I don't know. It, it, it depends, right? It depends on what format you're playing him in. It depends on what your risk tolerance is. It depends on maybe what the rest of your lineup looks like. There's so many factors. And this is a perfect example. I love Dustin Johnson in outright markets because of the super high ceiling and the super low floor. I love that. Now, when you plug that into a matchup, that's not really all that great because if he hits his floor, uh, he's not even going to make the cut. He's not even going to give you a sweat and opportunity to win a head-to-head match, a head-to-head matchup, which is usually where I want guys with higher floors. So Tony Finau, who yes has melted down a couple of times on Sunday in the restart, has overall been very, very good and has a higher floor than Dustin Johnson. So he gets the nod here. This is a perfect representation of how you can use some guys in certain situations and love them there and hate them in other situations one and done let's do it um last week i know there was a ton of love for webb as there should have been he gets you t3 money and when jim herman wins and nobody has jim herman uh you know kind of feels like you like you made a lot right i mean you were one of the highest earners if you had webb simpson last week um who ended up finishing second uh, Horschel. Oh, I guess there might've been, there might've been some decent Billy Horschel owners last week. But, um, if you picked Webb, if you went with the chalk, you got a lot of money. You did just fine. Now what? And again, this is the weekly caveat, the weekly discussion around all of this really depends on what your pool is doing. If it's over in two weeks, if it's been extended, uh, if you are winning, if you are chasing, all of that good stuff. So just quickly to caveat all of this, if you are in the lead, if you are winning, you should be taking the chalkiest players you have available. If you are chasing and needing to make up ground, you should be looking for some more off-the-wall options. If one of them wins, you might be one of the only handful of guys to have him. And if you're kind of... Okay, so I got a really good message from somebody who said something like, hey, I was... um, I think I was in... I think he was in 15th heading into the Wyndham Championship. Uh, He wanted to use Webb, of course, because everybody wants to use Webb, but he looked at the golfers, uh, uh, the owners ahead of him to see if they had used Webb and basically like... 13 of the 14 guys ahead of him used Webb already. He used Webb. He made up ground on all of those guys ahead of him. So you you should go look at who the people in front of you have used and have not used. That will allow you to rule out uh, maybe who your picks are. Okay, so that's the, the long-winded caveat for, for this. TPC Boston, who are the natural fits? Obviously, uh, Roy McIlroy. Obvious fit here. Justin Thomas, obvious fit. I, I don't think you can go wrong. Um, going with the whole D, the whole DJ argument, if you have not used DJ yet and you are chasing, I think this is probably a pretty good situation to use him. He's got that winning upside. I don't think he will be very popular um, or he's been used already. Uh, Jason Day, I also think is interesting if you're chasing. Four straight top tens. He's figured out the iron certainly and um, if you still have him available, I, I think he's probably a, a good spend here because, you know, he might have been used at AT&T Pebble Beach. He might have been used earlier in the year. I think if you still have him available, he's probably a pretty good spend. Uh, if you are front running, uh, you, you probably can't go wrong with a lot of these guys. I, I mentioned Rory. I mentioned JT. 
Uh, Bryson, if you are front-running and still have him available, I'm not sure that you do. So let's go further down the list and find some guys that if you're front-running um, like, and you haven't used Morikawa yet, I know it's probably statistically unlikely that he wins back-to-back golf tournaments, but his floor is incredibly high. I don't think he ever burns you, and his game just translates to every single course. Um, Sung Jay's probably been used a lot. You got, you guys know how I feel about Sung Jay. If you're chasing Matthew Wolf, is kind of interesting, right? I mean, he is um, maturing right before our eyes. Uh, you know, he went a year from the time he won a golf tournament to having another top ten. And uh, he's not going to have another year like that again. Um, he's now maturing. He's he's contending. If this turns into a little bit of a birdie fest, I think that's actually okay for him. So I'm okay in the in the chase pack using uh, Matthew Wolf as well. I think Billy Horschel is probably pretty popular. I think that's a mistake. Uh, I mentioned this in, in I think the DFS video and and uh, the fades video. I just don't like the combination of ownership and uh, potential outcome for for Billy Horschel. Yes, in a vacuum, is he a good play? Yes, I think he is. When you start talking about 20% ownership or a lot of people opting for him at the Northern Trust in one-and-dones, I, I become significantly less interested in that. Um, it's, just, it's just not something I really want to be a part of. So, I mean, we're kind of at the point of the year where, uh, with, with so many guys being used, um, I, I would prefer the strategy conversation to be around how to play it instead of who to play it, right? Like, look at your situation, realize what you need to do, realize how long you're, you have left in your pool. It might be, you might have two weeks left. You might have this week and next week. Like, that might be it. Um, realize what your situation is and then make a decision according to that uh, position. You know, that I feel like that's better than me being like, oh, John Rahm's a pretty good player. Like, yeah, sure, of course he is. It, but, like, you might not even have him, and also he might not fit your situation. So um, find someone who fits your situation. I think we've done a really good job the last couple of weeks of discussing all the different outcomes. I appreciate you guys bearing with me considering this is take two. I hope you see this version. I, I if, if this makes it to YouTube and this makes it to the audio feeds, it means version two came out fine. So fingers crossed. Uh, let me know who you're playing this week, who you're betting this week. Tweet me at Rick Run Good. Leave a comment below. Best of luck. I will talk to you guys soon.